like to talk and read all things books and mystery. Funny stories. The characters of youth always tend to be a sleuth. The Hardy Boys will do. Don't forget Nancy Drew. It's a clue. Hello, fellow sleuths. I'm Karen. And I'm Kelly. Welcome to It's a Clue, a faux crime comedy podcast for Orange Grove foremen and aspiring astronauts. Yes, you heard us correctly. Aspiring astronauts. (laughs) We're going to space. Yes. And Florida in general. There was a lot of orange related content in this book. Um, Yes. So Karen, up for discussion this week is Nancy Drew and the mystery at the moss covered mansion. Mm. And here is my opening thought to ponder. Okay. This is really more me wanting you to let me off the hook. Do you vacuum your dining area every time you eat a meal? (laughs) Because that happens in this book and is made to sound as if it's... Normal? Just a day, like, apparent, maybe a thrice daily activity. Like Like a required... Like you vacuum. Yeah. Yeah. I, that really leapt out at me as well from this book. Uh, It was not just me. Perhaps more so than some of the space crimes that we'll talk about. I, I was really shaken by, well, we finished dinner. We need to vacuum up any crumbs now. No, I absolutely don't do that. I'm guessing you don't either. Well, no. I mean, if I if I vacuum my home twice a month, I feel like I am an accomplished, like, care tender of my home. Agreed. What do I call it? What do you call care- it? I don't. I don't know. Caretaker. Kelly. Housewoman. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what word I was looking for. Um, but I, I, I felt a little attacked. I'm not going to lie. Like, also, how messy are you? Agreed. I, I, don't, I don't know why a full vacuum was needed post a meal, which was probably no. a bowl of soup. But uh. <laughs> Right. It was probably meat, which does not crumble. So, yeah. but who knows? Um, also, who knows? D- directly related... Mm-hmm. There's another meal in this book where the the clue crew can't sit down to dinner yet because they need to comb their hair first. <laughs> well, also not answer, a dining ritual that I have. <laughs> to answer your unasked question, I haven't brushed my hair today and it is 4:15 <laughs> in the afternoon. So no. No. Excellent. Live live your best life, Kelly. I've started brushing my hair less. Not because I'm a monster, but because it's like falling out. I'm like Kelly. officially old enough that I'm like losing hair. Oh, that, mine's just turning white. Is it? I daily see a, a not even gray, a like spiky white hair. <laughs> I know. am going to be gray in five years. I predict it. I've got some I can I can send your way. <laughs> I'm just like afraid to touch it. You know, I'm like, I can't lose any precious strands. Just pay, paste it back on me. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm, maybe we're... maybe I'll get a Titian colored wig. I love that idea. Also, everyone yeah. who's listening is like, wow, they're beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> they sound like princesses we take really good care of our homes Mm -hmm. we live in (laughs) filth we have no personal grooming habits no well yolo man and my hair is falling out so it's it's going great (laughs) it's going great what'd you do this week 
Um, I horrifically embarrassed myself working out. <laughs> oh, really? So, you, Karen, I am so impressed. You're still crossfitting. I am still doing it, and I love or it. Is it or is it crossing fit? Cross foot? I don't know, man. I, I, I'm still new enough. I don't know how to conjugate my activity yet. Conjugation is one of my favorite activities. I, um, I, that's weird. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I had a moment this week where everything was going really well for okay. perhaps the first time ever as a person who is new to this activity. Like what? What were? What was going well? Be specific. The, the workout of the day was going well. It was three things that I I can actually do. It was fast runs like a, just 200 meters like run to the corner and back then deadlift do five deadlifts and then do 10 sit-ups and i'm like excellent isn't that I can a triathlon fi- <laughs> thank you i felt like it was <laughs> i feel like there should be a medal at the end of that i feel like that at the end of every class i'm like what do i get for not dying um but i know it was going really well i was really you, enjoying you get to it pay them 75 dollars i'm guessing correct so anyway Um, sorry it was going really well your triathlon and -hmm. i was doing my third of the the runs in the middle of this workout and i had you have to do it more than once yeah it's you do 10 rounds of that activity okay continue i'm so impressed i think the runs were just on even numbered rounds so it wasn't 10 runs it was five runs anyway i was on run number three i had this like burst of joy with myself feeling very accomplished Mm-hmm. I can see the difference in myself and the few months I've been going. I'm feeling stronger. And I truly, this is a moment of hubris. Like, <laughs> otherwise stated, I flew too close to the sun. But I was <laughs> feeling so self-congratulatory. Like, man, I'm doing this. And I'm really proud of myself. And I legitimately in my mind thought, I wish all of those grade school gym class bullies oh, could no. see me now. Oh, no. And then I, and then I, as they say, ate shit on the sidewalk. You face planted. I just like put my foot down wrong because I was like too busy stroking my own ego and not paying attention to what I was doing. And I rolled my ankle. Oh no, um, Karen. I think I just about took down the girl behind me who was running behind me because I went down and she was like, oh my God. And, uh. And man, I it was like a Family Guy moment. I had to stand there for a solid minute, just going like, oh, oh, like people were coming out to check on me, and they're like, "What happened?" Like it was so embarrassing. Karen, it was I'm so sorry, so embarrassing. And then I just like hobbled back up to the gym, and I was like, "Just don't look at me, <laughs> like please." I'm done. Look away. Uh, and well, that's what I get for trying to send retroactive haterade to my gym class bullies i've wiped out immediately <laughs> well let me just say i mean this completely genuinely with no trace of sarcasm and i recognize that my voice kind of naturally has a sarcastic flavor so i want to <laughs> preamble this with no sarcasm i am so freaking proud of you and i think it Thank is you. amazing that you even like had the courage to start it much less like the commitment to keep going so thank you so I'm much that very means a lot to me impressed and you should be super proud of yourself so i really appreciate that and i have grown a tiny muscle i have the world's tiniest bicep like i can listen you sent me a picture of that muscle and it is not tiny do not <gasps> like listen no you are you are approaching xena warrior woman territory 
Oh my god, that is my number one dream. I also feel very inspired by Nancy. You know, she's just like, I'm gonna climb this rope, and I'm, I, I yes, you know, could not <laughs> do this. See, so the difference between me and you, and we've talked about this a number of times in various scenarios, most typically like a zombie apocalypse situation. But like, what where you and I are different is that I, again, not to take anything away, I admire you so much for doing this. But you read a Nancy Drew book and you're like, if I'm ever in a situation where I get thrown into a cistern, I want to be able to climb out of it. Using just a, a nail and That's my right. mind. <laughs> and I am like, Nancy, you need to leave a note so that they'll be able to avenge you. I just want to be <laughs> avenged. That's all. I will. I well see. This is good. We're a good balance then because I am in training to be the Avengeress. You can be the Avenger. I'll avenge you. Just please don't describe me as like someone who lights up a room on my Dateline <laughs> episode, okay? Because she just she had a smile that just would not quit. I will. I will avenge you absolutely. Thank oh, you. the other thing I wanted to tell you. Um, I watched. A, we always talk about TV because let's be real. There's not a whole lot else going on in the world right now. Well, but uh, let's be real. We and presumably people who are listening to this podcast are consumers of amazing content. Like That's true. And yeah. to share my latest uh, Netflix curation moment with you. Mm. So there is a show that I highly recommend. It, it It's on season two now. And it's a reality show in Australia. I would say not reality show. It's more of like a documentary style show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in Australia, and it follows a number of people who are adults with autism, and mm-hmm. they are working with a relationship and dating coach to try to find their special someone. I have seen the first season of this, and it is wonderful and lovely, and I love it. It is so wonderful. So season two just came out. I watched it in one day because – and it, like – it's kind of like we talk about with Bob's Burgers or something where it just is a show that really makes you see the good in people mm-hmm. and the beauty in the world. And I oh, I think I cried 11 mm-hmm. times. It's just, it's absolutely beautiful and it's really interesting. And you will have lots of thought provoking moments about how you interact with others and perceive situations. And I cannot recommend it enough. Amazing. I uh, forgot there was a season two of that that just came out, so I might start that this evening. It's ready and waiting for you on Netflix. Nice. Um, that's really it for me, if I'm being completely honest. How that's are you? a lot. I'm good. I, uh, you know, Karen, I potted. I, you, uh, you, you made the pottery? I made the pottery. Um, so, but in, in the land of media recommendations... Yes, please. Um, number one, I finally actually started reading The Vanishing Stair, which is the sequel to Truly Devious. And How is it? How is it? It's, it's just as good, if not better, than the first one. I'm not done yet. I'm maybe a third of the way through it. Um, but love it. Highly recommend. Like, if you like Truly Devious, definitely keep going. Oh, I cannot wait. I actually yeah. got it after we read Truly Devious, and I haven't started it yet. And so that is great to know. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, maybe 120 pages in, so, like, start reading and catch up with me. Um, Yay. um, Also, and I think I texted you about this, but for anybody out there who likes a true crime podcast, um, 
one of my friends recommended a, like a new to me one and this I mean I think they've had at least three seasons now this is not an unknown podcast by any means so like please don't roll your eyes at me but it was new to me I had not I was not aware of it it's called accused mm. and it is Cincinnati based so the the hosts and journalists behind it are with Cincinnati Enquirer. so that's like my backyard you know and where doesn't you that up. make you so scared though um, well, I don't know. I'm listening to the first season right now, which the crime was from like, I don't know, the 60s or 70s. So, okay. um, it's, but it's just interesting to kind of hear places that I know. Um, so, and, but, and all, but I mean, aside from that, it's a really well done podcast. Um, mm-hmm. and I heard that like the second and third seasons are even better. So anyway, if you're looking for a new one and haven't heard of that, maybe check that out. I'm going to start it immediately. I did listen to the trailer when you texted me about it, and yeah. I was hooked. And yeah. then I, I need to find, like, a I need to do an activity where I can pay attention because I was trying to do some, like, typing task sort of things, and yeah. I kept missing stuff, so I need to sit down and focus on it. It sounds awesome. Yeah, it's it's really – I'm not done with the first season yet, but I'm really – I mean, enjoying it sounds like the wrong word, but, like, it's very interesting to listen to, and it's really well done, so – um, and then in other news, Karen, I have what I feel is a real life Nancy Drew situation occurring oh, to me. Yes. Awesome. Tell me literally everything. <laughs> Karen, I could have cried five times. So I work from home on Friday. It was like it had finally gotten cold. Colder. Not cold. Colder. And I work it's, in It's spooky yeah, season. It's spooky season. And like the first day of fall hit and it was officially like the weather dropped overnight the temp dropped overnight literally so um it was like i work in my basement it was a i was chilly so at like two o'clock in the afternoon i go upstairs to make myself a cup of hot tea and as i'm filling my mug with water one of the right by me one the bottom shelf of my cupboard collapsed and spewed (gasps) glassware all over my kitchen oh no yeah and like but nothing was i mean the glassware was pretty much all dead and broken and in 10 million pieces um but like the shelf it was sitting on the pegs that the shelf sits on none of that was broken or bent so i really have no idea how this happened that was a ghost it was a ghost in place I have not moved anything or like, you know, changed where the shelf was or anything since I moved in two and a half years Mm. ago. I hate it. So I like scoop Ollie up, throw him in a bedroom and like proceed on with my hour long cleanup mission. I am literally putting the vacuum cleaner back in the downstairs closet. Oh no. Oh no. And the next shelf goes. (gasps) Kelly, this is the shelf that has my antique Pyrex sitting on it. Oh, no. That's what I was worrying about because I can picture those shelves and I was like, yeah, did they all break? Luckily, only one broke. I'm so sorry, but I'm glad it was only one. But but it was like then I had to do it was another hour's worth of cleanup. Like that one piece of glass that broke was everywhere. You know, and I'm trying to figure. So anyway, and again, the pegs were not broken. The shelf was not broken. I, it's the craziest thing. 
This so, is very bizarre. Mm-hmm. So I just need to run my personal theory past you. Yes, please. I mm-hmm. My personal theory is ghost, and I stopped there. So please tell me what you think has happened. <laughs> well, it's either a ghost that I've angered, which has been just about everyone's first guess. And that was not where I went until when the second one blew. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I've angered the house ghost. Yeah. Um, what did I do? Or using all of all of the knowledge I have gained from you know how many months of Nancy Drew intensives have we been doing Several. is that <clears throat> yes is that <laughs> someone is breaking into my home in the middle of the night unbeknownst to me leaving no trace making no noise and messing with my house just enough that I will think it's a ghost so that I sell it so that they can build a railroad through here I think that that's likely or that you're sitting mm-hmm. on a subterranean pit of stolen jewels probably that too yeah yeah there's probably a pool of boiling water down there there's probably 30 <laughs> 30 levels deep of things below your house and the government oh, yes. wants it back <laughs> right they're like we'll just knock a little bit of glassware off the shelves and she'll be out of here in a week like and we've listened to her it'll podcast more, it'll take more than that you fools you'll have to break all my flatware my flatware you'll have to break all my pyrex for that oh my gosh kelly i'm so sorry should i start a go fund i'm gonna start a go fund me to replace your pyrex no it's just you know like when when like vintage items and antique things break in my possession i'm just like this thing survived i know for you know 75 years until it met me and then I yeah. brought it to its just, untimely ugh. demise. <laughs> Man, this is sad. Anyway, that I'm that con- that concludes my update. It's okay. Well, please keep us posted about any other strange goings on I in your will. home. Um, things moving unexpectedly. I I am very curious now. Yeah, I I think it's a ghost. I we may need to come investigate. We need to come Maybe sage it's, me. It's the ghost pets. They've followed you. <laughs> I mean, I just don't know what ghost pet could get up into a closed cabinet shelf. So, cat. It was a cat. Yeah. Ghost cat. Yep. Well, you All know, right. speaking of subterranean layers, would you like to uh, intro this book? I would be <laughs> delighted a, to. A sentence I never thought I would say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you did, and I'm glad we have an opportunity to say the most ridiculous things ever because of these books. Um, so, as you mentioned, this week we read Nancy Drew and the Mystery at the Moss Covered Mansion. And uh, wow, I don't have a ton to say about the intro other than, as always, I looked it up on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. It's insane. It is the longest Wikipedia page I have ever seen for any topic ever in the history of Wikipedia searches <laughs> for this one book. It, usually the pages for these Nancy Drew books are like a paragraph. Tw- 12 sentences. Yes. Yeah. This I scrolled for ever. It's it's perhaps longer than the actual book. <laughs> yeah, it was so like the long one was for the original version, right? Yes, yeah. So they had they they always have the a little like teaser spoiler for the plot of the 1930s 1940s book and then and here's how the 1960s 1970s book compares or, you know, however they go about that. This was 20 
700 pages about the 1940s version, which mm-hmm. I, I tried to read. <laughs> and I couldn't get through it. It would have to, I would have had to have read an entire second book for this episode, mm-hmm. which I was not willing to do, but uh, very different, uh, obviously, because the, the 1970s version is all about NASA. Uh, mm-hmm. So this is a complete rewrite. The end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I I did the same thing. I went to Wikipedia because it was it was. I actually I actually own, like not the original original edition, but I own a copy of the original version. Oh, cool. And so I almost was like, eh, how different can it be? I'll read this one instead rather than like finding the new version. Oh my and god! And I went. You know what? Better not risk it. So I ordered the new one. And then today, when I was, you know, brushing up my Shakespeare a little bit, I went to Wikipedia and was like, oh, my God. I mean, you were not like, first of all, TLDR. Second of all, I I read maybe the first two or three paragraphs and was like, I have no idea what this book is about. It was the most convoluted plot. And then, and then I started scrolling and scrolling, and I'm like, there's like 20 more paragraphs of this nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the I'm first, so glad yeah. you did not read the original one because Ooh, we girl. would have had nothing to talk about today. Literally nothing. <laughs> well, so then when I started the new one, I, I mean, the same thing. I, I was like, NASA, huh? Well, I guess this one's pretty different than the original. <laughs> yes. Like, we're yeah. going to the moon. All right, mm-hmm. this is not from the Great Depression. Yep. Correct. That's correct. So... Um, okay, so that is the bizarre scoop. I highly recommend anyone uh, that is interested to look this book up on Wikipedia if you want to just I, be like side, side. Sorry to interrupt, but one no. one thing that I did pick up in my skim of three paragraphs of that plot summary, there was a murder in <gasps> the original one. An actual murder? And, well, I mean, I don't know if there's some twist at the end where you know she's not dead or he's not dead or whatever, but like Probably. it refers over and over and over that there was a murder. Huh. And I'm like, I'm a little sad that we missed, like, the first actual murder that I'm aware of. Yeah. In Nancy Drewverse. So, anyway. Interesting. Well, if you want to get an A+, you want to get some uh, extra credit, you can read that. Mm. I I don't plan to. I will say that now. We'll <laughs> see. Um, well, Kelly. Yes, Karen. You Should I dis- one sentence plot us? Yes, you have the distinct honor this week of choosing the weekly winner of the one sentence plot mm-hmm. submission based on the cover of the book. The new cover of the book. Who yes. have you chosen? I chose just, they were all good as always, but I chose one from the reading tabby who said, Nancy's adventures in pet sitting came to an abrupt end when the Adams family hired her to look after Kitty. <laughs> And I thought Adams, that was very all-encompassing of that cover. I agree. The Adams well family done. would have a yes. giant dangerous leopard as their kitty cat. Absolutely. And I love the Adams family, so Me I'm really too. glad you picked that one. That's and it's one. it's spooky season. It is. And, I mean, the Adams family would have been very happy in that cover house. <laughs> yes. Well, so all of that said, Karen. Yes. It is time for today's super fast plot, which, in full disclosure, I wrote. Because, because you are the best. I That was such a great surprise. I was all prepared to do it this morning, and then you just wrote it, and it was there, and I, I 
I owe, I owe you. Thank you. Karen, I try to do nice things for the people I love. <sighs> well, you did, and it knocked my socks off. So I get well, you no still credit have to for read this. It. But I you d- still I w- have to read it. I will, I will read it. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to drink my beer while you do the, the heavy lifting. All right. All right. And a one, two, three. <laughs> <laughs> Five, six, seven, eight. For some reason, Carson is pseudo-representing some guy in Florida who was accused of trying to blow up NASA with a truckload of explosive oranges. So Carson and Nancy go down to Florida, along with Bess and George and Hannah Gruen, to investigate. And luckily, Ned's family happens to have a vacay house, like two seconds away from the client's house. Everyone's staying at the client's house during the investigation because the client is conveniently away on vacation and not locked in Guantanamo for trying to, again, blow up NASA with oranges. Also, Carson gets press passes for everyone so they can all go watch the first mission to the moon takeoff because, you know, he's published something in the River Heights Law Review and is therefore a member of the press. So, while investigating who really tried to blow up NASA with oranges, Nancy is turned on to some keen real estate by Ned's mom, who apparently loves Nancy. And Nancy's like, I'll check it out. Maybe dad'll buy me a vacation home in Florida. No big. Next door to this gorgeous home is the home of the Adams family, including a bunch of wild animals, lions, tigers, panthers, etc., all of the above. Only Bess seems to get that this is deeply uncool. Anyway, cutting to the chase, after a ton of investigation, which includes Ned, Bert, and Dave, who are over sleuth life, Nancy and Ned break into the moss-covered mansion and put all the various pieces together when they overhear the entire friggin' plot. There's a whole bunch of criminals who are being manipulated by a rogue, traitorous scientist who has literally pointed a laser beam at the space shuttle and is gonna blow it up on launch day. Nancy and Ned promptly get captured and thrown in a subterranean boiling pool room, but luckily they're saved 20 minutes later when about three different law enforcement organizations come to their rescue. The criminals literally waive their constitutional rights. This is stated very clearly for the record. They are all arrested. The Drew crew, minus Carson, who is the only actual accredited member of the press, but whatever, get to watch the rocket launch from the sidelines, and Nancy gets a hamburger and a glass of milk from the concession stand. The end. Well done, Karen. You read that like a true pro. Well, you wrote it like a pro, and I'm really glad you ended on Nancy capping it all off with a nice glass of milk. (laughs) Oh, God. God. Can you imagine getting concession stand milk? (laughs) When you put it like that, it got worse. (laughs) Like, was was it in a glass? It was probably in a paper cup that's, like, sweating a little bit. Do you drink it with a straw? Maybe it was in a carton. Maybe oh. it was like a little, I don't know. Maybe, You're right. We, maybe, maybe, you know, there's a cow at This NASA. isn't a state Cape fair, Canaveral. Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Next to and the butter sculpture. Deep fried Twinkie. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds good. I would mm. have that. Um, okay, so before we go crazy on this book like we always do, uh, I would love to hear your general thoughts and musings about this. Karen, my general thoughts and musings are not deep. They're mostly summed up by what the hell just happened. <laughs> yep. Like, it, 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 is this where the plot of Austin Powers came from? Like, <laughs> I, I, we we were literally one subterranean locked room away from, like, friggin' sharks with laser beams on their heads. I we, just... 
Yes, this could have had sharks with laser beams and it would have yeah. not been surprising. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Uh, yeah, I just... <laughs> I'll also just say that for a book with so much insanity going on, it was a little boring. I... Am I wrong? Don't, I don't disagree. <laughs> I, I was. I felt very let down after after last week. And I, I have some theories on why this was so boring that I will Share. expound on when we get to our favorite parts of this book. I think I know why it was boring, despite trying to blow up outer space. <laughs> okay. I have some I look forward to this. <laughs> what, are, what are your general thoughts and musings? Uh, very similar to yours. I do feel mm. like... I learned a lot about orange varietals. <laughs> yes, I googled several of them. Like a Hamlin orange, a was pineapple new to me. orange, a pineapple orange, like that mm-hmm. exists. Who knew? Um, I also learned a lot about space museums. Yes, in this book. Uh, yes, I'm guessing people really liked this book when it came out because there was like the space race going on and it was very timely. Um, but yeah. agreed, it could have it, it lacked a little oomph. Uh, I did also get some Star Wars vibes from this. That scene where they're trapped in the subterranean pool. Mm-hmm. And there's like a six-inch ledge around it. Yes. And they have to stand up against the wall to not fall mm-hmm. in. Very much reminded me of one of the original Star Wars movies where they're like... The garbage the, compactor. The trash compactor. Yes. Yeah. I, I was feeling the trash compactor mom. Um, Absolutely. So related, who knows. But uh, I just want to know what the permit requirements are to get a subterranean <laughs> boiling pool licensed you know yeah, I mean at some I point think, yeah. how, how does one even do that I mean I, I would love to just know like the mind of the human who's again it just all feels very Dr. Evil to me like somebody is clearly stroking a white cat going like gadget I'll get you next time like I mean I, I, who's like you know what would be better a good addition to our lair would be an underground boiling pool. Which, for context, for anyone who has not read this book, which I wouldn't blame you if you hadn't, uh, the reason they install this underground boiling pool is so that if all of the wild animals that Mm -hmm. are kept on this property do not successfully kill invaders of Mm -hmm. this lab... They can just hurl them into the boiling pool as that is a correct. backup plan. <laughs> that is right. It's not like sometimes we just need to hard boil 7,500 eggs at a time and this would make it easier. <laughs> it's not like, you know, Stevie, my son, has like really bad like lung congestion in in the evening. So like he goes down and floats on the boiling pool and it like therapeutic. Yeah. Right. This is not a sauna situation. This is intentionally built to be like a kill room. It is. It is crazy. Inconveniently located for that purpose, but moving on. (laughs) Crazy. Um, Well, Kelly, I think that we should, as we did last week, talk about our favorite parts of this book. Agreed. There are many, and I, I kind of feel like we mean it sarcastically this week, which is maybe mm. not in good spirits, but but is it? I don't know. <laughs> Listen, there like most of these things I genuinely liked individually. It's just the way they all hung together structurally left a little to be desired. 
Well, Professor. <laughs> wow. Would you like to kick us off? What is a favorite Rude. thing that you had from this book? <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll start with kind of the obvious, which is, you know, all of the space stuff and yeah. Kennedy Space Center and NASA. So, like, a whole lot of the book obviously revolves around... I mean, they never... They never actually say the first manned mission to the moon, but that's what it is, right? Like, there's a rocket to the moon, and it has astronauts on it. So uh, Nancy essentially avoided the assassination of Neil Armstrong, Armstrong and I almost said Buzz Lightyear. That's not right. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, I love, I love picturing that. You know what I mean. Uh, I I do. Yeah. Uh, Neil Armstrong and the other, Buzz Aldrin. Thank you. I was like, I know it's Buzz. Buzz Lightyear. I'm crying. That made me really happy. Uh, but like, so all of like kind of the astronaut stuff and the space stuff is really fun. We get, we get to go to Kennedy Space Center two times and like take partial tours both times because you know, the Drew crew can't ever like get through a full tour before sleuthing has to take over. Indeed. Um, we get, (laughs) my favorite thing from childhood was always hearing about the astronaut food. Mm -hmm. Bess and I are the same person. Like I am a Bess for sure. Um, so, like, hearing about the astronaut food and, like, they're going to have, you know, powdered pot roast and anyway. Well, and they um, go, like, really deep into the science on it. Every yeah. meal has 50% protein and yes. 20% carbohydrates and 10% blah, blah. I'm like, that actually would be great. So I don't have to yeah. think about this. Just hand over my bag of, t- like, chalk tums. Yes. And then I'm healthy. Great. Fantastic. Did you ever eat the ice cream? I've, I've never gotten to try it. I no. feel very, very cheated. I've always wanted to. I bet we could get some. I, 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 really I feel like you can it. find it around more. I, I will look into getting you some astronaut ice cream. <laughs> that would be great, please. Christmas is, that is our coming. Is that our next food episode yeah, where we, we, just we just eat, eat astronaut food? Astronaut, <laughs> eat dehydrated pot roast. I, I would absolutely do that. <laughs> um... There is, you know, the 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 downside of these space center scenes is like the dose of toxic masculinity mm-hmm. where the the astronauts, not even the specific astronauts on this particular mission, but just astronauts in general are referred to as male the entire time. Yep. Um at one point George, Nancy, Bess are with the three guys. They all go to the space center together and uh was it george or nancy one of them said like well i'd love to go to space i want to be george. an astronaut george did. it was yeah. george and uh whichever one she's dating bart i guess is like well why don't you let us get there first we'll go Ugh. first and tell you how it is why don't you let the guys do it first uh-huh. george that one got me uh-huh. riled up yeah i was aggravated for sure Yep. Yep. I was like, not a fan. You all can go to space right now. See ya. Bye. Don't want to be ya. Bye. Ugh. Um, I thought it was super, super interesting that at least from what I can remember, this is the first time that we've had 
like essentially an entire book based around a real life event. Oh, say more. So, I mean, this this is actually grounded in time. If they are actually talking about the first, you know, the the mission to the moon that Neil Armstrong was on. I'm going to say yeah. Buzz Lightyear 15 more times. I think um, that's funny. Please do. <laughs> that was that was July 20th, 1969. So, like, that gives us a real, like, place and time. And it's a real life event. It's not just some, like... Do you know what I mean? Like, there, there's not been any kind of real, real event that grounds any of these books. They're just all kind of generically in a certain time and place. That's but so true. And I think that that's actually a really good point. It's one of the things I liked about this book in that Tuesday at 9 a.m., this rocket was going to launch. Uh-huh. And they had to have everything solved uh-huh. by that date and time. Or that's exactly bad, right. bad things were going to happen. And we've never really had a, get ready, space pun. We've never really had a countdown like that before <laughs> where it was like, we have to, like the gun is to our head. We have to solve this case right. or a whole spaceship is going to blow up. And That's I like that point. the time was ticking down. Like we're going to, we're going to lose it if we don't, yeah. if we don't get our act together. And, and like, and to that point, I mean, like, arguably, the stakes are higher in this book than they've ever been. Like, if Nancy had not put two and two together and gone in with absolutely no plan, but I'll complain about that later. But, you know, if she hadn't put two and two together, I mean, the mission to Mars, or mission to Mars, the mission to the moon would have failed. And all yeah. these astronauts would have died and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like, there were, this was major, like national stakes at play and and it gives me that vibe of i'm not gonna be able to say the name of it it's it's that stephen king book that is um the title is the date of the jfk assassination oh, did you ever yes. read that i i didn't because it's enormous but i know exactly it's like 11 22 yeah. 63 or something exactly whatever yes that could that could be exactly right but what if nancy drew hadn't been there yeah the butterfly you know? effect would be there, precisely Mm, also a great film (laughs) also a great film um what else also (laughs) i just kept thinking uh your cold war is showing (laughs) like beautifully stated (laughs) um like there weren't any direct references to the soviet union but it was pretty heavily implied that you know this evil scientist who was going to you know laser beam the space shuttle had been radicalized by a, another, you know, opposing political group. Yep. Um, yep. I love the, and oh, also, and the other one that particularly stuck out at me is when um, they're trying to, the FBI is trying to get into the quote unquote Beamer room yes. and, and they're doing um, radiation tests to make sure there's no radiation in that room. Oh, like, it just, yes. It was all very, cold war fears you know Mm, you're so right i didn't pick up on that and that makes so much sense yes i mean we just talked about it last week you know true if if you see the atomic light flash duck and cover so yeah that that's mine you know space. space space so i think okay here is my thing and yes. I, maybe maybe this is miscategorized as favorite things about this book. This is a, a notable thing about this book. And I think this is why it felt boring. Okay. Yes. There I'm... were lots of things that were teed up 
that could have been a big deal and then just weren't. <laughs> so, yes. Let yes. me give you a few examples, Kelly. Please uh, do. Yes. You're so right, though. full chapter entitled Alligator Attack or something similar. Uh-huh. There's no alligator attack. No. They're rummaging around in some swampland. Right. But An alligator yes. is there. Which, again, hello, you're in Florida. Keep your yes. hands out of the marsh, Bess. Exactly. An alligator is present. They freak out and run away. <laughs> There's no alligator attack. No. I, my favorite part of that whole scene was was when Bess, like, runs and gets back in the car. She was like, he was going to bite me. No, he like, wasn't. That alligator was napping in a sun patch and was like, bye, I don't care. Like, there was. Well, I just, I'm like, but also, yes, that's what alligators do when you <laughs> stick your hand in their face. That's just like, <laughs> that. that's right. It's not malicious, Bess. It's, it's an animal. The, but yes, I wanted that to be more. Especially because it was a chapter title. Okay, my Agreed. second example is... Carson has to do a lot of flying around in oh, this book. He's God. going to Florida. I... He's going to New York. He's coming back to Florida. They go to pick him up at the airport. <laughs> and everyone is staring out the airport window in horror and fear. And the they're like, the plane's landing gear won't come down. They're going to have <laughs> to do a crash landing. So at the airport, foam has been sprayed on the runway, I guess, to cushion the blow so it doesn't, <laughs> like grape and sparks fly and it explodes and I, the, I think it, it's I, I could be wrong but I think it's um, anti, it, it's non-flammable foam uh, <laughs> at, which, at which point did you start crying and close the book and say I'm done I was like I don't know about all this but fortunately <laughs> and herein lies the problem is that that whole scene was two paragraphs long then yes. they land the plane and they pop out and they're like wow Carson good, good shakes pilot. the hand of the pilot and is like, great work, son. And they're like, yeah, no problem. So yeah. we also have a really unimpressive arson attempt at the Billington Very. farm. There's like a snake. So we've got both <sighs> of our nightmares, a plane. There's like a snake that pops out and the snake doesn't really do anything other than slither away. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, there were so many things that could have been huge and dramatic yes. and then we just walked away without well, a second I mean, glance <laughs> you're you're completely right like the the freaking boiling swimming pool was a great example of that right yeah. they get thrown thrown in there but like not in the pool they just get told like you can stand on the ledge well this is and then they get rescued 20 minutes later i mean it's not even I like that's they're... enough time to like get your pores cleaned out I was going to say, like, do you think their skin even looked great after that? They should have stayed no. in a little longer. I don't no. know. I'm like, enjoy Free your time. Day. Yep. You'll have to go back to sleuthing soon. And then, I mean, the whole <laughs> we haven't really talked about this yet, but I mean, this whole Joe Exotic cat situation that's happening. <laughs> yes. Like, the Tiger King is in this book. <laughs> <laughs> it's truly the most bizarre thing ever that some... So, <laughs> Just, okay, I just want to recap this, if you have not read this book. In an old, abandoned, moss-covered mansion that is one chain-like fence away from a very expensive, beautifully groomed and kept 
riverfront property that Carson Drew is considering purchasing is a home where that has been turned into the lair of essentially a U.S. turned Soviet traitor who is going to <laughs> blow up a space shuttle and his defense strategy against you know, any kind of, any person who might stumble upon his lair and want to try to stop him is a combination of a boiling subterranean swimming pool and a cadre (laughs) of, like, man-eating exotic cats that are kept in apparently not well-constructed pens all over this property because they get out all the time. So... (laughs) Yeah. This is freaking crazy. Yep. That's, you summed that up perfectly. That is exactly what happened. (laughs) Well, but, and, like, the cats are just, like, nobody seems all that concerned over them. Like, we find out that, um, well, panthers can jump into trees. That's a concerning element. Um, We find out that apparently our evil scientist has a permit from the Floridian authorities to have these exotic cats on his property. Um, he has employed via blackmail a some kind of cat trainer who just has a big whip. Like, yep. that's his only kind of tool in his tool belt is he's is got a big whip. Terrible at his job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at one point, a panther jumps over the fence into the neighboring property where Nancy is showing... <laughs> She's doing a showing for her friends. Um, and this panther jumps into the backyard also Bess is the only one who has the common sense to run yes Uh, they're all like oh we can probably hustle it into the garage Bess is like I'm out Bess like I'm gonna we I'm gonna go like oh Bess uh, I also I believe I have referenced this before but we did have a return of the wet bandits in this book we did did mm-hmm. you love the wet bandits and you've made me love, love the wet bandits. bandits would you I mean, like to talk about them home alone is in my top three favorite movies of all time fair fair placement i love that movie um so i man i hate seeing nice real estate ruined for no reason but um <laughs> because nancy was getting too close and apparently the you know lions weren't scaring her away properly enough uh they go over to this house that thinking about purchasing maybe and open every tap in the house and flood it yep Ridiculous. great water great water pressure in that house by the way because they turn the water on and within mm. moments there's five inches of standing water downstairs so that's right uh, also yeah. would you know not to turn on a light switch if you walked into a flooded house <laughs> i wouldn't I wouldn't walk into the flooded house, probably, would be... But let's say you did. Let's say it was your house, and you were like, holy crap, I want to, like, you know, save my house. I I don't know that I'd think about the light switch. I definitely wouldn't pause and say, I'm going to charge my iPhone over this pool of water. Or, like, you know, let's make some toast. (laughs) So you wouldn't drop a toaster into the flood. I would not. I don't That's own a toaster, and I probably wouldn't have brought one with me. But if I did, <laughs> I would know not to do that. Karen's specifically. like, well, I've heard never bring a gun to a knife fight. 
or a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> but now, never bring a toaster to a flood. That like, is... Oh. I got better stop blow drying my hair. I might get, <laughs> might get electromacuted. Oh, um, my God. Oh, Kelly, another favorite thing from this. We get some flavor to our friends Ned and Nancy in their relationship. We do. Uh, you mentioned this earlier. Mrs. Nickerson loves Nancy. Uh-huh. She is very excited that her child has teamed up with girl sleuth Nancy Drew. Um, oh, yeah. Ned, is- Ned's mom wanted grandbabies yesterday. Absolutely. She yeah. is trying to hustle an engagement along. Yeah. She's like, let's do this. Uh, yep. Very clear. Uh, we do get our first on-screen kiss between Ned and Nancy in this I book. I know. I know. He kissed her, I think, on the mouth. I think so, too. We've never, Mm-mm. like, so much as, like, really seen them hold hands before. No. But there is a kiss. Long story short, Ned does not come out of this book smelling like a rose. I thought he was so <laughs> irritating. I thought yes. he was... He was very misogynistic. He said the thing to George about let the boys go to space first. Um, he also is showboating so hard for the NASA guys, <laughs> and it made he is me a total try hard. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So they go down into the lair. He somehow immediately identifies what this beamer device is, and I bet it's connected to the telescope at the top of the house, and it's sending blah, blah, blah rays over so that they can focus on the thing to blow up the spaceship. And he's using all these technical terms. He somehow pulls a cord out of this beamer and, like, is confident that he has deactivated enough to the the point that it won't blow up the spaceship. But he says no less than three times to NASA and the FBI and the CIA and everyone and their brother who comes to save the day. I think I've deacted the machine in the laboratory, but a NASA expert had better check. Like, ugh. He's doing that, like, gross, like... I did it. Like, I did I, it. He, he, yeah. I'm like, stop shoving your resume down people's throats, Ned. Like, ugh. Yeah, also, pick a lane. Do you want to be an aerospace, or do you want to be an insurance salesman, or do you, do you want to be a camp counselor, or there was something else he was doing at one he point. He was a chemist with the fireworks. Chemist. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. He was so irritating in this book. I cannot emphasize my desire for them for them to break up enough. I, I was I was over him right at the beginning. Not right at the beginning. It was the first time he he like we heard about Ned in the book. I guess she was talking to him cuz his parents have this vacation house down there and he was going to come down with Bert and George. So he's talking to Nancy about like we're going to have a party at the house da da da. da and basically tells her like Try to have your mystery solved by then, would you, dear? Because I don't, I want to have some fun this week. I'm not interested in sleuthing with you. He did say that. He did. Now, I am paraphrasing it in a meaner way, but. Not really. That's how I interpret it. I mean, it was just, like, not cool. It was not cool. He's, he's ready to settle down and, uh, Mm -hmm. I, Yeah. He's trying to change our girl, and I, I'm not here for it. No longer on team ned Mm-mm. i don't know if we ever really were but it's i was for like five now. minutes back when he was a hunky car savior back in oh, i don't yeah. know that one where the building exploded but when that was short-lived yeah it was and then he got um, real needy he did he did and he's i hate him hate him <laughs> i'm sorry i could talk about this for hours i'm not a ned fan um any other favorites from this book you would like to discuss well 
I loved that we had coded newspaper messages between the father and the son. So the father was the evil scientist and then he has oh. a son. And so yes. they're the ones sending messages back and forth, which was, and they're sending them in the personal section of the newspaper, just yes. like Enola Holmes. Just like Enola. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Although it was a pretty unsophisticated code, I would say, for, you know, if, if I'm a super criminal trying to blow up a space shuttle... Uh, you know, here's my code in the personals. Use the fifth, ninth, fourteenth, and seventeenth word. Like that seems a little bit easy. Well, Carson couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Carson could not figure it out. He was Nancy stumped. figured it out in about two minutes. Yep, yep. Carson had to call in his teenage daughter. Who, uh-huh. for the record, I don't know if you noticed this. Page two of this book, they refer to her as. Carson's 18-year-old daughter. Yes, I did notice that. Haven't we been 19 the past several books? Oh, I don't know. I thought we'd been 18 the whole time. Well, but I then, could be wrong. When I read the wrong book a couple weeks ago, we were 16. So she was 16, yeah. She's a time traveler. <laughs> Just like Ned <laughs> and his 17 summer jobs. Well, so, okay, and this is unrelated, but, and then I think we're done with favorite things. But, like, one of my favorite things in this book is kind of a holdover but like I think because the stakes were higher it hit me funnier like why does Carson always act like Nancy is trying to solve like who stole the Girl Scouts cookies like (laughs) no Carson she's trying to figure out who tried to blow up NASA like so so cavalier about everything yep Yep. He he is so low key. He is too chill yeah. about the stuff. Too like, chill. yeah, well Keep I, your head Nancy's on a swivel, on man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that is correct. Yeah, he does not have a lot of urgency about him with any of these cases. No. Ever. No, <laughs> no urgency and no like concern. <laughs> that no. One of these times somebody could actually like, I don't know, throw her directly in the boiling pool and not just yeah. onto the ledge around it. Oh, God. Carson. Negligent parent. <laughs> okay, so Karen, as always, I have a few suggestions. And I love your suggestions so much. They are always so good. I, I had a hard time this week, I'm going to be honest, because this book was so freaking crazy that I almost didn't know where to start. But um, I think it would have been awesome if the speedboat had sunk. <laughs> just kidding i'm just kidding i thought it was going to as soon as a boat came in i was like well this is going to be at the bottom of the sea floor in about 10 seconds but that like to your earlier point though like that was another thing that could have been a huge deal and was this unnecessarily dramatic element for two two sentences like the speedboat gets stolen for to what end to what to what end yeah i don't know okay so here okay so real talk now it would have been awesome so we have the evil scientist and then we have his son stevie okay it would have been awesome if the coded messages which let's be honest didn't really have like have anything to do with the solving of the crime um if those were actually being sent from stevie so Mm. stevie starts putting coded messages into the paper to try to get help (gasps) so he's discovered that his father is going to try to blow up 
like the friggin space shuttle yeah and he and but he's scared of his dad so he has to kind of like play it cool um but he doesn't want his dad to blow up the space shuttle so he's sneaking out like these sos messages in the paper and nancy sees those and decodes it but his father also discovers that his he also like figures out these code coded messages and figures out his that his son has betrayed him and so the next thing we know is that the messages have suddenly stopped and Nancy like makes a deal out of that and like the, you know there's no more messages coming through um and then we start to hear about how Stevie has gone missing so like maybe Nancy's hearing about that in like phone calls made by Anton and like at that museum meetup if you yeah. want to call it that that yeah. like where's Stevie he's missing nobody's seen him whatever and then at the end of the book, when Ned and Nancy are captured and thrown into, you know, the the pool room, mm-hmm. floating in the steaming pool is the Stevie's spa. life in the spa is floating in the steaming pool is Stevie's lifeless body, <gasps> murdered by his father, the evil scientist. Oh! And at the end of the book, Nancy receives accolades from NASA for thwarting ultimately a potential terrorist attack, <gasps> and Stevie, who's dead is given a posthumous medal of some kind for his bravery and personal sacrifice. And Ned gets to hold Nancy's purse during the ceremony. Love it. Thank He's you. maybe not even her plus one. Maybe not. Kelly, fantastic. All right. Thank you. Right. Um, also, it. it would have been also awesome if we had found out that this entire book had actually been commissioned by the Cape Canaveral Convention and Visitors Bureau. Um <laughs> To try to get, like, you know, more heads and beds down there and to uh, drum up interest in various museums. Um, like, get people eating oranges, ordering orange juice, things like that. Oh, my God. It's like the, the pure Michigan campaigns. Like, come exactly. to Michigan. <laughs> exactly. Come to Cape Canaveral. Because, like, there is a lot of museuming that goes on in this book. And some of it yes. literally does not matter. Like, I can get on board with the two individual trips we made to nasa to the space museum at nasa why did we have to go to the what is it that like the aztec spanish hurricane museum dude i don't know and like we go into deep detail about like all of the souvenirs each one of them buys and i i have no idea i got to some of those scenes like they start talking about like history and facts and i I was like, are we just trying to hit a page count here? What is what is all of this? It just felt very like some of it. And, and, you know, it's like you brought up the alligator thing. Like, okay, are we just trying to set the tone that we're in Florida? Like, are we just trying to, like, throw in as much Florida as we can? Which, okay. Like, so we don't need to have an alligator attack then. We can just see an alligator. Yeah. Um, But, like, why? We spent literally an entire chapter in this museum talking about you know the end of the aztec civilization and then the 14 pieces of souvenir jewelry that nancy buys for various close family and friends and then they get picked up and they continue on with the mystery <laughs> like it's so oh crazy my God. no i know i've kind of been picturing like murray from flight of the concords now that like <laughs> his whole purpose is to like get people to come to new zealand like exactly exactly that's what, I, I kind of feel like there is a component of that there. So anyway, that's all for me. Did you have oh, any I ha- suggestions? I do. I have one suggestion. Yes. And I'm just beating a dead horse here. But it would Beat have it. been awesome if the 
what was it? The psychological moment of this book featured Nancy and George instead of Nancy and Ned. So what if when Nancy sneaks into the moss covered mansion to crack this case, George had come with her instead. Mm. And Mm -hmm. George is the one who deactivates the Beamer. George gets the accolades from NASA and yes. then she wins a free summer at space camp, just like on <gasps> Legends of the Hidden Temple from Nickelodeon. Yes. And she becomes the future astronaut instead of Ned, who doesn't deserve it because he's sexist and was rude to her about following her dreams. I am so into it. Wouldn't that be great? Because then going forward in Nancy Drew books, she'd be like, well, let me consult my astronaut friend, George. Yes. Thank you. I'm, How cool I'm would that totally be? down for it. Okay, great. Done. Done. Officially Pencil added to the edits. Pencil it in. <laughs> Pencil it in. I love it. So uh, did we get to add anything to... Uh, I'm sorry, that's a dumb question. What did we add to Nancy's resume this go-round, Karen? We always add things to her resume. Mm-hmm. You are correct. I added four items Okay. to her resume. Whip I them added, on me. Number one, code breaker extraordinaire. But I did put extraordinaire <laughs> in air quotes because... Appropriate. To your point, the code was not that hard to solve. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't have solved it, but still. But, I, but still. yes, code breaker. Uh-huh. I also did chef. And this was a throwaway moment. But there is a moment when Hannah Gruen is cooking dinner. And she has one last step, which is to make the cream sauce for the baked chicken. And she says, well, we have to go get Nancy because Nancy makes the best cream sauce. She does. And Nancy is delighted to have been asked to do it. So I guess she's kind of good in the kitchen. She must be. Karen, I bet she made a roux. <laughs> I know how to do that now. Thank you, you for teaching me. <laughs> I know how to do it. I'm like, mmm, cream sauce, chicken, good. Uh, but she's also a firefighter. Yes. In this book. So the. Nearly the, single-handedly puts out a whole orange grove. There's like the, I, I don't know, there's like an office at the orange grove. The, the orange the, like, hut. packing, the packing. The, the packing house. Packing house. Yes. That is lackadaisically set on fire by an aspiring arsonist. And Nancy, she's just, like, running for hoses and, like, she extinguishes the fire. I felt almost single-handed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And at one point, she's like, what can I do to help? And, I mean, the, the cohort of the guy who set the fire, Anton, is like... What are you gonna do? You're a girl, and she was like, "I'll freaking show you." Yeah, and then like, she like puts the fire out. Stand back, sir. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um. Okay, I have one more addition. Yes. And I've got a little bit of a beef with this one. I've got oh, a beef with oh. Nancy this week. Karen, you've got so many beefs this week. I'm here fi- for it. Yeah, I'm a little salty about several goings on in this book. So the last one on the list is aspiring astronaut, which I found annoying because George said that first they're in the museum and george says i think i would like to be an astronaut someday Mm -hmm. it elaborates a little bit and then nancy goes you know what me too yeah not (laughs) and i kind of felt like that wasn't a super cool friend move because nancy is famous she's good at everything right let george have space okay let george have outer space like let the other kids have nice things too you know like and i wouldn't that just take the wind out of your sails so hardcore if it would it would yes you're like, nancy well, drew's course. best friend and you finally find your thing right this is like okay you're nancy drew's best friend and you're like i'm gonna take a pottery class and nancy's like you know what 
I'm also going to take a pottery class. And then you know what will happen. Like one she'll day be later, than me. she'll have a multi-million dollar Etsy store for her beautiful that's, pottery. That's and you're right. like, why do I even try? Why do I try? No, you're totally right. Yeah. So yeah. she wants to, she allegedly wants to be an astronaut, but I just feel like that's because she stole it from George. So I, I feel like at some point our, our heroines are going to need to have like, a moment in the woods and hash this out and just be like you know what nancy sometimes you don't realize that you you take all the focus all the time yes we're people we're here too we're here too we, are we have part unique of skills and interests we are the heroes of our own story not just sidekicks and yours agreed and despite the two-dimensional writing that has been foisted upon us we are actually fantastic individuals Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, at least, I will get at off least my Bess horse. Is. I'm not sure about George. We'll see. We'll see. TBD. Yeah. Astronaut. Um, I know I have some open questions from this yeah. book, so I'm assuming you do, and I would love I to do. hear what is keeping you up at night about the moss-covered mansion. <laughs> yeah, so here's one of my first ones. Um, I've got two. Uh, my first one is, so are they going to buy that house or what? Like... <laughs> It's like a whole thing with like Nancy wants to buy this house. Carson's kind of like, if you want it, you know, I'm like, is that how this works? Like, we just get to buy buy property. But OK. Um, money, please, daddy. Money, please. Um, so I want to know, are they going to buy that house? I, I do feel like probably everything that went down next door should probably drive the price down a little bit on the one they were looking at. One would have to assume it's been a hotbed of criminal activity the boat got stolen from the dock like i mean the whole place is waterlogged now it's filled with water animal attacks there may or may not be a panther in the garage Mm -hmm. may or may not have been like a laser beam pointed at the moon next door yeah i don't know i don't i don't know um i think if mrs nickerson has her way Mm -hmm. they will buy the house because she wants her little family mm-hmm. unit to be nearby so she can watch the grandbabies. That's right. How about you? What are your, do you have a question? I suspect you do. I do. I have a question. So speaking of throwaway moments in this book, do you mm-hmm. recall at the very beginning of this book, chapter one, I believe, I would almost swear to this being chapter one, perhaps mm-hmm. page four. There's an illustration of this moment. A whole big kerfuffle happens because Nancy and Carson are at home they hear a crash outside of the house and it's a horrible car wreck in front of the house yeah involving Bess and George yeah you're right and the driver of the other car is unconscious in his vehicle Uh he has careened into them totaled both vehicles and when the police and paramedics come they immediately assess the guy and they're like he was on drugs that's right whatever happened with that and why did that happen I don't know. That is a great question. Like, it was a huge deal. And they made a huge deal about him being on drugs. And then it seems completely unrelated to the story. It was completely, completely unrelated and arguably completely unnecessary. I mean, again, like, is it a word count situation? Or is it just too boring to have, like, Bess and George pull up and park the car without incident? I don't Um, know. But no, we never heard anything more about that. George's car is like totaled. Um, 
there was an illustration. You were correct. And yes, he was on like presumably some kind of white drug and uh, hauled off unconscious to the hospital. And, and there's there's this strange level of detail in these books that's given to some things and then not to others. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> like there's a whole conversation that happens between Carson and one of the cops about can Carson call the tow company and get these cars towed away? And so then he calls the tow company and then it's not until midnight that it's all done. It's like, and none of this mattered to anything that happened. That's why I was, I thought I must have missed something and why I wanted to ask you this because they made such a big deal out of it. And I'm like, maybe I just was not reading carefully, but I think we just completely snipped that thread and never came back to it. That's right. I think it was just like a, it's too boring to have them just park. So yeah. something dramatic right. needs to happen, I guess. I don't know. It was, it did, oh, it was. <laughs> well, so on a similar note, did we ever find out who sent, okay, so there's this creepy note that gets sent to the actual attorney representing the defendant in the Florida case. So Carson's oh, gone yeah. down to kind of help, but he can't practice in Florida. So this note gets like slipped under the door of the real attorney that something about like, like a mouse with no, uh, with a weak stomach or a dumb mouse or something can't, ca- won't be able to capture a smart lion, something yeah. like that. And like that was how Nancy connected that her orange bombing case was potentially related to this suspicious moss covered mansion. It was totally unrelated. It would just happen to be next door to this piece of property she was looking at. Um, but like, did we ever find out? Who, like, why would any of these guys send that note? That's so dumb. I don't know. I I don't really have a a good sense of that either. I mean. The only takeaway I have from this is that they reference a lion. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I've seen a bunch of large cats right. that will kill you recently. Hmm. Lion? Pant? I, I don't know. That, it's I mean, I definitely, I definitely think it was a device so that she could, could connect the two. Like, yeah. um, it just was a bad way to do it. It was. It was. Like, this wouldn't happen. And then it's never discussed again. So, like, again, though, this could tie back into my looking for help um, with Stevie in my my suggested plot revision. Maybe maybe Uh. Stevie sends the note as a a clue. He's trying to get clues out. I love that. Mm. It makes more sense than what we were given. I mean, (laughs) I didn't want to say it, but... It's true. Well... Kelly. Yes, Karen. It is that time. I'm ready. We shall rate this book. And this week we are rating the mystery at the moss covered mansion out of a 12 possible exploding oranges. <laughs> awesome. That should what be do you... difficult to illustrate, but <laughs> <laughs> best of luck. Uh, what Thank do you, you rate this book? <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. Seven out of 12 exploding oranges. I like, I didn't hate it. I just thought it was like a little boring um, in spite of this like bond theme. Let's explode a space shuttle story. <laughs> um, I really just need Nancy to have a little bit better of a plan. Like particularly when it comes to how am I going to get out of this situation alive? Like you have always had that uh, beef with Nancy. It just makes me crazy. Like, Quit just putting yourself in danger just 
well, I might figure something out or I might not, or I might die. Like these are all like equally weighted possibilities and it doesn't seem to concern you at all. So um, I'm like, can we get the girl some pepper spray or something? Like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I give it seven. Not my favorite. It was fine. Yeah. How about you? I also gave it seven, which is hilarious. Yes. And my note that I wrote next to my rating was what you just said. It was fine. <laughs> <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> um, but to, to all of your earlier points, I thought we could have gotten a little more exciting with the NASA stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And there were just all of those near misses that drove me nuts. I'm like, let's double click on the alligator a little more. Let's double click on the plane crash a little yes. bit more. Shocked that I'm saying those words. But Same. there was just a lot of... Uh, I don't know. Missed opportunities for excitement. Missed opportunity. Perfectly described. Um, I did, however, earn a few exploding oranges because I really loved that Hannah got to go on the trip with them. Yes. But then it lost oranges because she still had to work the entire time. Yes. (laughs) I was so excited for her. And then they were like, now make us dinner. And I'm like, this is (laughs) Now make us dinner. Hannah's on vacation too, people. Yes. That I I gotta say on that note I did like the like come to Jesus meeting that they eventually had with the two jerks that kept leaving their dirty dishes in the sink one of whom ended oh, up being yes. in on the 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 crime, yep. um, although it you know as house meetings tend to it only created hard feelings and awkwardness the next day so it did Ask whenever you got it. Whenever you got to put a chore wheel up, you know you're going to have some quiet breakfasts for that the next is, few days. <laughs> that is right. I my college roommates will tell you that that is definitely the result. So, oh, the chore wheel. Oh, the chore um, wheel. Um Well, yeah. Kelly? Yes, Karen. What are we reading next week? Oh, I'm saying I'm so it like excited. this cuz I'm so excited. <laughs> we are reading finally The Hawthorne Legacy. So the this Hawthorne is Legacy. this is book two in the Inheritance Games series, and it just came out. So get it, the Hawthorne Legacy. I am so excited. Cannot we wait. loved the first book, yes. and we were so devastated at the end of that podcast episode that the second book didn't exist yet. And I mean, I don't even know what month that was, but we were like, September seventh seems it might as well be a million years from now. I know. Well, how sad had, are we going to be like when we finish this in a week and then it's going to be like a year probably till the third one? Is there a th- is there a confirmed third one? I think it's a trilogy. I hope so. I could be making that up. Don't quote me on a podcast. Okay, well, we'll find out. Either way, oh. we're set up to be sad. At the end, yeah. So. <laughs> it's either going to be over or not, but you know. Anyway. And then we and then the waiting commences. And I exactly not a patient woman. Um, <laughs> Well, everyone who's listening, we love you guys so much. You have made our days a million times in this last week. We love the messages you've sent us on Instagram. And thank you for all of the the sharing of our podcast and letting us know that you're enjoying it. Like, it truly means the world to us. I'm getting, like, teary-eyed saying this. But it's it's true. beautiful week and we love you all so much. Um, For anyone that is just listening and would like to party with us on instagram we are at it's a clue podcast and you can through that instagram compete in the weekly one sentence plot challenge where the prize is glory and nothing tangible (laughs) (laughs) glory and that is all (laughs) uh and i think it's important very important listen up everyone quit like washing the dishes or vacuuming 
you need to pay attention to what we learned in Nancy Drew and the mystery at the Moss Covered Mansion. Karen, what did we ready? learn today? I'm ready. What did what did we learn? Panthers are native to Florida and can apparently jump into trees. So picture a 150-pound cat with the zoomies. Oh, my God. Just You just need to be aware. Uh, a a 10-pound cat with the zoomies I is know. scary. <laughs> I, my point. <laughs> oh, very good life advice. Well, everyone, watch out for panthers. Mm-hmm. And uh, with that, happy, happy sleuthing. sleuthing. <laughs> It's a Clue is hosted by Kelly Biscopink and Karen Farmer. Our logo is designed by Courtney Kyle. You can find her on social media at I am Courtney Kyle. The It's a Clue theme song was written and recorded by Danny W. You can find her on Facebook at Danny W Music. Audio engineering is graciously done by our friend Mark Goodlow. Mm-hmm.